think also setting expectations early, meaning I'll tell buyers really the first time I even start working with them that if you get into a deal and you, you know the farther you get into it, it's a big decision to buy a business. And the closer you get to closing, the more your emotions will take over. And sometimes you have to remind them of you know why they wanted to buy a business in the first place. And when buyers get emotional, they they maybe do get suspicious of the seller and start thinking worst case scenario. Welcome back to the Apex Business Advisors Podcast. I am your host, Andy Cavanaugh, joined as always by Doug Hubler, president of Apex. Doug, we have a third today. We do. Well, you didn't ask me how I was doing. I'm doing fine. <laughs> Doug, how are you today? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for having me, and I'm doing well. Would you care to introduce our guest and yeah, our topic? Yeah. We have Jay Kavaznica with us today, and Jay's been with Apex for many, many years, has been one of our top brokers for a long time. We love having him here, and thanks, Jay, for joining us. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Appreciate it. Our topic today is strategies to keep deals together, and that's obviously something that we've we spend a ton of time talking about here in the office. Yeah, Jay, I'm happy to have you here because with that years of experience, I'm sure you can lend some fantastic stories to the podcast as far as how you have maybe held some deals together and just some unique stories. And I, I mean, I think this is something that we're doing really on a daily basis is holding these deals together. So Jay, what do you think is one of the biggest things that you can do to to save a deal when it's kind of coming off the rails? Yeah, I think so many times we um, you know, will have communication with the buyer separate from communication with the seller. And a lot of times you just have to bring them together and get back to talking about what the main objective is, what their both of their goals are, and remind them of who they're dealing with and try to build that trust up is I think is important. You know, have that keep that conversation going. Remind them of the person they first started wanting to deal with and, and maybe sell or buy the business. I mean, and don't you think that there's something something about being face-to-face, it, it really kind of lets down the guard. It's awful easy to, to throw trash at somebody in emails or, or texts or something like that, or working through us to yeah. send the message. And, and all of a sudden, when you're sitting in the same room with the other person you're negotiating with, all of a sudden, things tend to relax a little bit, most of the time. And sometimes when you say something in an email, it doesn't come across as you intended. People think that they're saying one thing in a certain tone. And so it's just, I think it is much, it kind of simplifies things by talking in person. Yeah, the tonality of email is never, it's the receivers, how they hear the tone. Yeah, right. So they could be having a bad day and just take everything negatively. So Uh, you're saying video may be a good substitute for the face-to-face. At least you're seeing the body language or you're seeing that person on the other side. From my standpoint, a priority as far mm-hmm. as preference, face-to-face, yep. video call, yep. phone call, email, text. Yep. The most productive is going to be a face-to-face. Absolutely. If we have a deal that is falling apart, I often like to remind people is that we're all on the same team. Sometimes it's better to have things not filtered through a broker. The buyer and seller want to feel like that their message is getting across as they would like with one another and they just feel like there's more transparency if there's direct communication. 
something else that we sometimes see that is a root cause of deals falling apart is that perhaps there's a distrust. The information is not coming fast enough. The information is not what we were thinking. What are some situations where we can help avoid or we can manage through that process as far as document gathering? Well, I think one of the one of the things that we've tried to do to help this whole process is getting the majority of the information we're going to need up front and setting expectations on the seller side on what it's going to take for the buyer to get through their due diligence, get financing, satisfy all their needs to be comfortable and to get to closing. Well, Doug said, I think it's important to get as much as possible everything up front so there are no surprises towards the end. Because, you know, in any negotiation, you kind of both sides will establish their positions early on and later in the process, they could make change. If, if new information pops up, it could totally change the situation for one party, but not necessarily the other. So I do think it is important to kind of get everything out up front. Well, and, and this time of year can be difficult. We're, you know, tax time, it can be difficult to get information out of a seller's accountant. And it's not because they're trying to hide something. It's because the, the tax, the, the CPAs have just swamped. And I have a situation now where we talk about communication, ongoing communication, but there's this gap in communication because we're waiting for the accountant. And all we can do is ask, okay, have you heard anything? Have you heard anything? And from a buyer's point of view, they may think something's wrong because it can be several weeks, a month or more in some cases where we're waiting for updated information. So that can really cause a buyer to be nervous and then a seller's going to get upset. I'm going to lose a buyer over this. Yeah, and I think personality is something that comes into it as well. You know, oftentimes the, the buyer, rightfully so, is at an information disadvantage, right? And so they're a little untrusting as far as like, okay, what am I missing? What's oh, being yeah. hidden? Sure. And so they start telling them a sto- themselves a story. Okay, they're not getting me this information because they're over there. They got to cook the books. They got to go over there and make up the numbers right. and justify this. And anytime there's silence, that's what people are going to start thinking, right? I mean, we, we come across that all the time. So, so we're like, okay, let's keep the conversation going, even if there's not a lot of new information. Let's keep let's keep talking, and that might be again the face to face of explanation of, of what's happening. But at least you've got you're continuing to develop that trust. I think also setting expectations early, meaning I'll tell buyers really the first time I even start working with them that if you get into a deal and you, you know the farther you get into it, it's a big decision to buy a business. And the closer you get to closing, the more your emotions will take over. And sometimes you have to remind them of you know why they wanted to buy a business in the first place. And when buyers get emotional, they they maybe do get suspicious of the seller and start thinking worst case scenario. And same thing from the seller side. You know, same we've seen thing. them yep. wonder, okay, what's going on with this buyer? What are they trying to do? Are they trying to renegotiate? Or are they trying to figure out a way to back out of the deal? Yeah. And and really it's so again, it becomes this silence. People start to fill in what they're what they're imagining, the worst case scenario, like you said. So mm-hmm. it's, we, we, we have to, it's kind of like what we, we talk about this all the time, it's like herding cats. We have so many different people involved 
and it's different pulls and pushes going on that, that our role is to kind of keep things on track. Remember the goal, here's what the objective is for everyone, and let's keep thinking about where we're heading. Well, one of the things that I like to do is I kind of like to think of a home base. Let's come back to that home base. When things start to, when people's emotions start coming in. and I think we have to remind buyers, I guess, is, you know, if you're going to own a business, there are going to be obstacles. And there are things that we need to overcome, challenges that we need to overcome. And this is one of those times where it's kind of a test. Is this something that you're wanting to do? Because these aren't obstacles that are just complete roadblocks or brick walls. I mean, we can overcome these. You just have to want to. Along the way, there are things, there needs to be adjustments along the way. And I kind of go back to tell the, the seller, hey, put yourself in the buyer's shoes in this case. You know, what would you do if you were him? And we had to do it the same way with the seller as well. Would you really do what you're asking the, the buyer to do in this case? And sometimes you could make, come to a compromise that way, just kind of reminding them of looking at things from a different perspective. Well, we got to remember that buyers maybe only buy a business one time in their life. Same way with sellers. They may only sell a business one time. It's new to both of them. And that's our role, just to kind of remind them what needs to take place and, and kind of set their expectations as well. Well, and as we start to roll down, any final thoughts, any final stories you'd care to share, Doug? Yeah, I've got a story. That, yes. Um, <laughs> this, and this is one of the things we talk about not texting or using email in your negotiation because I had, you know, one of the largest deals that, that I was involved with here was being negotiated on a weekend by texts and by Saturday night at 10.30, I get a message from the buyer saying, okay, I'm out. The seller killed the deal. All I got was that they had been communicating by text and the seller just said, I'm done. That was it. I went to bed because I'm not going to t talk about this. I'm not going to call the seller at 10.30 and get all upset. So Monday morning, I told the seller that the buyer came by to pick up his escrow. And they said, why? What happened? And I told them that the buyer texted me and said that they had, that you had killed the deal. Uh, you were done negotiating. And they said, we were just negotiating. We didn't want the deal to die. I said, you call the buyer and you apologize and that you want the deal back on, which they did, and they got back the deal back on track. But that was a, that was a story, it was like, I, I will not negotiate with text and email. Too many things get misconstrued. That actually reminded me of a point I had where I had one that was, it was on the rocks, it was about to go away. I just said to the buyer, I said, what I need you to do is come back with an ask. D don't come back with deals dead. New information has come out. It's changed the economics of the deal. Something's changed. So change your offer. You, you get to do that once. We're not doing that every time a new piece of information comes out. We're not going to, okay, well, we want $100 taken off. Right, okay, right, we'll right. add 200 back. <laughs> I'm going to need that 50 cents from you. <laughs> right, right. You get to do it once. But come back with an ask. Don't just come back with deals dead. If either one, a buyer or seller, feel like they're being sold something, 
is a complete turnoff and it will lower the trust level all the way around. And also, if a buyer at some point isn't confident that they understand the business and what's going on, they may walk away as well. So it, it really puts pressure on us as a broker to make sure we're getting the information they need to be confident to go forward. So as we wrap up, do you have any other any other thoughts or any other stories you'd like to share in your... I've never had a deal blow up ever. So, <laughs> so it's easy. It's, it's, it's this a piece is of cake. so easy. That's right. I don't understand why you brought him. <laughs> That's right. You, this was your gift. He sets the standard. What can I say? So really what we do is if we have a deal that's getting ready to blow up, we just go to Jay. We just call Jay. I'm the fixer. Jay's the fixer. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, if you need a deal to go through smooth as a baby's bottom, Jay Kavaznica is your man. You can find him on the Apex website, caseyapex.com. You can find all of our team there. You can find information about buying or selling a business. Tons of information. Tons of information. Um, yeah, everything you want to know about buying or selling a business is on kcapex.com. And probably a lot of things you didn't even know you needed to know, <laughs> right. but it's all out That's there. That's why it's so. there. Jay, thanks for joining us. Really enjoyed having Appreciate you on. Appreciate it. Appreciate the, uh, the knowledge that you shared. And I got in trouble last week for not giving my kids a shout out on this podcast. So um, if you, you let me yeah. let me do it, let me do your thing. compose. If you're looking to buy or sell a business, we got you, fam. That's generally going to hold the deal apart, hold the deal together. Hold the deal together. Hold the deal apart. Yeah. Yeah. Our goal. Our our goal was to hold it. Really what we're trying to do is we're trying to submarine every single one of these things. (laughs) Really, you know, anything we can do to sabotage the deal, that's what we're here for. Yeah.